0: Welcome to the Free Trail Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Dylan Bowman. We are back with the best of TRE, episode number two. Again, this was the fun series that we did at the running event down in Austin, Texas last week, where we talked to a bunch of industry titans in trail running to get a little bit of perspective on what's happening in the industry and to see some of the product innovation that's coming down the pipeline today, we'll release two conversations. First with Steve Doolin, the new president of the Americas at Solomon, who joined recently after a long successful tenure at Hoka. We talk about him settling into this new role. We talk about Solomon maintaining a leadership position and trail, especially with the influx of all these new brands. We talk about the importance of media, events, and athletes, and we talk about Solomon's growing lifestyle business, plus a lot of other fun topics. Next, we're joined by Ryan Hitzel, the founder of Rourke, really awesome guy. Rourke is, of course, the apparel brand born in adventure and travel that's been really successful, especially in the surf and skate communities, but that has recently moved into trail running to much fanfare. So we talk about the origins of the brand, Ryan's history with running, the inspiration for Rourke's running product. We talk about art and culture and storytelling and a lot more. Interestingly, Ryan also just hired a CEO to allow him to refund focus on the creative parts of the business, where he feels strongest, A decision that we also talk about in the conversation. Again, there are timestamps in the show notes today, so you can know where each conversation begins. A big thank you to Boa Technology for supporting our coverage all week. The amazing fit systems you see on a lot of trail footwear, including Speedland, of course, two dials on every pair of Speedland footwear. So I guess a total of four dials between the two shoes creating the best fit you could ever imagine in a footwear product go to boafit.com to learn more check out the brands who are using boa in the trail space it just fits better and it therefore just works better. Also go vote for trail runner of the year. You guys have heard me say it before fantasy.freetrail.com. Get your votes in for both trail runner of the year and trail performance of the year. Voting is only open for a couple more days. So go get your picks in while you're listening to today's show. Finally, if you appreciate free trail, want to be part of our global trail running community, please do join free trail Pro connect with like-minded folks, receive tons of perks and services, and directly support our work in the trail community. To learn more about Freetrail Pro, visit freetrail.com or find the link here in the show notes. A big thank you to each and every one of our members. We appreciate you deeply. Hope you all enjoy getting to know Steve Doolin from Solomon and Ryan Hitzel from Rourke. We'll see you in the outro. Retro Podcast is presented by the brand new GS Oak from Speedland the fifth footwear commission from the world's coolest brand. The GS Oak was designed in collaboration with Speedland athlete Liam Lonsdale and also in collaboration with fellow independent running brand Path Projects. The GS Oak features all the great speedland design considerations you know and love double boa fit system proprietary drop-in midsole removable carbon plate 100 beaded htpu external midsole michelin outsole and all the trademark speedland quality and durability to help you dominate your local trails the gorgeous pink purple and black colorway might be My favorite yet, the GSO is made in extremely limited quantities, and I can't emphasize that enough. We do anticipate selling out, so get on it now. Pre order is open at runspeedland.com with delivery scheduled in late December, just in time for Christmas. Runspeedland.com. Use code FREETRAIL10 for 10% off your purchase. Welcome back, day two here of our daily show here at the running event. My name is Dylan Bowman, of course from Free Trail. Our coverage here this week is brought to you by Boa Technologies. A big thank you to Boa for all of their support and joining us. First today, the brand new president of the Americas for Solomon, Mr. Steve Doolin. Steve, good morning to you.
1: Good morning, and uh, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for coming over. My Thanks pleasure. Over. How many TRES have you been to at this point?
1: <laughs> I disagree. Question. I was actually thinking about it a little bit earlier. I'm going to say 13. I think that's probably, it might be 12. I don't think it's 14. Yeah. So certainly more than 10.
0: This is my first time and you can already sense why it's become such a phenomenon in our industry. So
1: it's amazing. I mean, the the first one I went to was probably in 2008 and it was actually in Dallas. And um, I just think about, you know. The, the intent there actually and the intent here today really has not changed too much. Uh, the audience and maybe the impact of running has changed substantially like yep. in terms of how it's um, not just perceived but really um, I think used in terms of like running as a piece of an everyday life for a whole lot of different people in a whole lot of different ways. Um, and the show has become increasingly relevant, um, which is interesting when you think about like what's happened about in or with a number of the other trade shows that existed, right? In 2008, there would have been interbike SIA outdoor retail a couple times a year. And today this is really the, the preeminent uh, show within sort of the outdoor running, uh, trail space, which is, uh, which is cool. That's so
0: interesting. Why do you think that is? Is it just because running is such a cultural and community-oriented thing?
1: I think that is definitely a component of it. Um, I I think what the organizers of the running event did better than anybody, and they've continued to do, is while they've certainly brought other brands and a broader cross-section of retailers in, they have really stayed focused on a singular consumer that they want to serve, which is ultimately a runner. Um, And there's adjacencies that sit with that. Um, But ultimately, I think remaining focused and having a singularity, if you will, um, makes it easier to tell a message and to bring people in around something. I think that's maybe what you could say some of the other shows struggled with in some ways.
0: Yeah, just too broad. Cool. Well, let's speak more specifically about you and your career. You're obviously brand new to the role here, president of the Americas at Solomon. after a long run at Hoka. What excited you about the new opportunity and how's the first few weeks been, I guess?
1: Um, yeah, I've I've felt incredibly welcomed. Um, it feels incredibly natural, which is um, I, I'm grateful for, I think maybe first and foremost. the Yeah, listen, I, I was incredibly fortunate just to be in the right place at the right time in 2010 with Hoka and had an incredible ride with amazing people. And I think that was really the piece that was the hardest to, to leave was the the teams and and ultimately the individuals that they made up those teams. Um, But in Solomon was an opportunity to come back to what I would describe as probably my first love, which was skiing. Um, I was actually born in France. I spent eight years living in a town called Grenoble in the Alps as a kid. Um, And my first memories as like a human are, you know, my mom teaching me how to ski um, a little – it's not a resort. It's, I don't even know if it's a ski area. It's like three poma lifts called Le Cepi and the Chartreuse. Um, so skiing has been a huge part of my life, and Solomon as a byproduct, is I've been aware of it. Um, whether it's you know rear entry ski boots in the '80s, or um, you know you think about like a Pocket Rocket or a 1080, mm-hmm. an Extreme Series ski, and obviously then um, being aware of the footwear coming in the market, market as a byproduct of that closeness to the brand and being in the ski industry. Um, yeah, it, th- there were all of these connectivities consistently um, really throughout my life. And so when uh, this conversation started it, it you know, initially it was just sort of like, yeah, I'm open to a conversation and, and it became very real very quickly. Um, and, and so from a rational standpoint, that really was, there's all of these components that are like real drivers um, and exciting for me. So um,
0: interesting. Now just remembering too, Hoka was born in France and now, you know, based here in North America, Yeah, obviously. Solomon's still based there in Annecy, but you're gonna be in charge of the American operation, not knowing that you were born in France yourself. It all makes perfect sense.
1: There's there's a whole lot of very cool links, no doubt. Yeah.
0: So obviously you mentioned the ski industry. Solomon has been a huge pioneer in both skiing and trail running. Obviously we focus predominantly on trail running, which is a massively important category for you guys as well. And Solomon has been such an important brand in the sport, really in this last 20 year rocket ship growth momentum that we've experienced. But now like here at TRE, at all the events, all the big brands are in the space. So I'd love to hear you talk about how you maintain that leadership and pioneering position in the category as all the big brands are coming into.
1: Yeah, I don't think, I think in some ways we can overcomplicate it. It really comes back to, uh, as simple as it sounds, you've got to have relevant product. Um, and one of the, you know, if, you th- if, as I was sort of going through the process of like, Hey, what are the reasons that I would join Solomon? Um, I actually had the, the opportunity to be in the ADC, the NC design center, which is sort of like the hub, the heart, um, the brains, if you will, of Solomon. Um, 12 or 13 years ago, um, as part of actually a ski piece, um, or ski trip and, um, with a, a number of retailers. And I can vividly remember walking through the back and seeing, um, the machinery that existed in that space and the industrial background and the desire to really find solutions and make solutions that were best for the individuals. And then walking through the soft good area where they had lasts and they had sewing machines and the, the ability to literally build shoes and apparel right there, there was a, a real belief and understanding from my side of Salomon's desire to continue to serve a number of different athletes in a number of their different pursuits. Um, and I, you know, the baseline for me is I love gear. Um, you know, I think maybe probably in a skiing influence, having um, spent a lot of time cycling. And then, you know, with Hoka, certainly, the equipment that makes a difference is the one that you become emotionally tied to. Um, and I fully believe that Salman is or does have an emotional connection to a whole lot of the individuals that are its consumers. And um, I think we can continue to like really forge ahead in that regards. All the assets are there. Um, we just got to make sure that we listen to what consumers are asking for, understand why that is, and um, provide them the best possible solutions. Make good product.
0: Coming back to the French to America conversation, I'm sure the listeners would be interested to hear you talk about how that works practically. Obviously, again, the brand is based there in Annecy. You're going to be sort of the head of the operation here in what I'm sure is a really important market. How does that work? How does the communication evolve? How do you set priorities together?
1: I'm figuring it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's new.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> probably the first piece. I, I think um, you know one of the things that became, I think, really evident to all of us over the course of the last four years is, listen, you can get a lot done uh, virtually, right? Like two-dimensionally on a screen. Um, but being in person is much, much, much more powerful. Um, And so as I think about that, it's how do we really build, um, you know, not just bridges, but like portals that we move people, personality, information, insights through on a consistent basis. Um, And that's going to be a component of, you know, the teams in Europe. I mean, there's six individuals from the footwear team, three from trail, three from road that are here at the show today. And they're committed to understanding what the U.S. market needs. Mm -hmm. And then if we think about the team, you know, with a product or merchandising focus that um, exists in the Americas. If I'm doing my math right, there are, I think there's 10, nine or 10 individuals. And so they are sort of, if you will, the voice um, of this market. And so they work with, you know, the commercial teams, the sales teams, they work with consumer insights groups, they work with retailers, and they're really helping grab, package that information, then feed it into the product teams. And, and really, it's about building this, Ye- really easy flow of information. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, that's actually, that's the baseline. Um, and from there, um, hopefully, we, we go and build really relevant product. Um, awesome. But yeah, it's, uh, listen, the, the the U.S. market is one of two key focal geographic areas uh, for Salmon. And um, so we have a responsibility to support the teams in NC, and NC has a responsibility to, to sort of vice versa. It's, uh, it's very much a yin and yang. Coming back to
0: the competitive landscape, it reminds me of something that we've sort of talked about as a team and that has been in the back of my mind here in the last couple of days at TRE is just like the difficulty of being authentic in a new market. So a lot of these big brands who come from road marathons and sort of the performance element of running, i think have a harder time than they expect translating into a trail community. And if I think about it, Solomon has actually done a decent job of doing the opposite coming from a trail DNA and making good road product. Is there anything you want to say about that, about like moving into adjacent markets and maintaining authenticity?
1: Yeah, I think authenticity, maybe as the first topic really comes from, um, recognizing where it is that you came from, maybe first and foremost, and being true to where it is that you want to go. Um, so that's sort of a high level or maybe a thesis statement. And then for, for us at Solomon, and if I think about like the individuals that I've met, um, whether it's here in the US or certainly in NC, there is a real consistency in the desire or the connectivity to each of the things that they're doing. And so that could be somebody that's working on the protectives in the winter sports side or to make a better split board for snowboarding or for an Alpine race ski. And that applies for the individuals that you know, developed, um, our most recent hydration packs or, you know, products like the, the new Genesis, um, there's a real desire to understand what the needs are and serve those. And I think if you stay focused on those pieces, you do remain authentic.
0: So I'd love to talk about three things just briefly on each, probably where I've recognized that Solomon has just been so important in my history in the sport, athletes, events, and media, right? The Initial Solomon running TV 15 years ago was just like the thing that got so thousands of people hooked on the sport. Now, the Golden Trail World Series is, I think, the preeminent race series in the world, certainly the most competitive, some of the best, again, media and storytelling around it. And also, athletes, I think Solomon's shown over the years the best capability of identifying the best athletes in the world at a moment when they're sort of undiscovered. So maybe let's start with the golden trail world series, anything that you can share about, you know, what that's going to look like next year and and into the future and what role it plays for the brand.
1: Yeah. I think it it continues to play the role that it's played. I mean, it it is ultimately, I think the baseline is it's a community that we want to serve. And when I say serve, it's where is it that they want to be and showing up there with them and ultimately like supporting them, in those environments, in those personal challenges that they're going through. Um, Personal feats maybe is is a better way to describe it. Um, And so that connectivity, I think, is key. So it's showing up, being present, and really connecting with the audience that's there and present. Um, And then I think we've seen, um, and you would have seen this really closely over the last 15 years, like that the ability to actually wrap your head around running 100 miles seemed incredibly daunting to, I think, much more people five or 10 or 15 years ago and today actually seems like something that's much more attainable um and to me if we're solomon we should be a component of like uh those gateways right like it's hey go and do you know 15k or 30k or 50k and so sort of you can build pretty consistently and all of a sudden it doesn't seem all that daunting so for me it's allowing people the opportunity to discover what it is that they're able to do um, and supporting them through that process
0: that's why I think it's so brilliant is because there's so many more people who would sign up for a 20K, a 30K, maybe up to a trail marathon, but who are not interested in running hard rock or UTMB or something. And so kind of focusing on that sub ultra distance space speaks to that audience and provides a really compelling viewing experience for those of us who are diehard trail running fans totally. and, you know of the ultra persuasion too. So then maybe we could package the, the media and athlete component together say whatever you want to about that. You know, obviously Courtney DeWalter is sort of one of the few people who's ever like transcended our sport and similarly, like with the golden trail world series and a lot of the storytelling that Solomon does, I think it just, it, um, you know, it represents the sport in a really positive way. So anything you want to add about that stuff?
1: Yeah. And I think, I mean, speaking to Courtney specifically, I had the privilege of being both at Western States and at UTMB, um, to see her come across the finish line of both of those events. Um, I mean, I'm getting chills just, like, thinking about it. I mean, will that feat ever be repeated? I, I, I would bet against it in my lifetime. Um, I mean, it, it is truly incredible. And I think that speaks, again, to um, a number of different pieces. Like, one is if I think about the individuals that are, like, in NC that are thinking about, hey, what is the that Courtney needs to go and achieve these? Um, one example is obviously the shortney, right? Like, here's this, like, very clear silhouette that is, like, hers and, like, really bringing um that to the masses if you will and then there's whether it's footwear or socks or it's um you know hydration vest and really hey how do you serve that individual and then ultimately like hey how do we take those learnings and bring those out so i think that to me is where athletes um they inspire and they also provide significant learnings in terms of what that product development piece is and then you know when we think about like media today i was having um an interesting conversation with a friend of mine on on monday night so a couple nights ago just about um you know, what does the shape of media or content look like? And, you know, if you go like on a TikTok there, you know, there's like these, this original UGC um, that has millions or tens of millions of followers. And I think as I think about media or content creation is how do you, you, or how do we um, intersect with that in a way that is real? Like, hey, clearly we're like looking to present a, a thing to these audiences, um, but at the same time, not come across as like cheesy. Um, I think that's one of the things as I think about media and how it continues to evolve. You know, what is the hook? What is valuable? How do you, you know, stay true to the brand? How do you allow a content creator to be true to themselves and at the same time, allow for an intersection that, being honest, there's a commercial component too, yeah, um, which is I don't know, interesting piece. And I w- what we came away from that conversation is we do not have the answer. Um, this individual is, is uh, lives in the media space as a publisher, right. and um, yeah, I, I'm really curious to see how that develops here over the next few years.
0: As somebody who also lives in the media space, I don't think there's ever a moment where you can actually like put your finger <laughs> on it. It's always moving totally. so fast yep. and evolving. Yep. <laughs> I guess this is probably a fun time to move to the lifestyle element. This is something that I was really excited to talk to you about. You're wearing a pair of the XTs right now, a shoe that won UTMB back in 2008 and now has won the sneaker of the year. I think it was back in like 2019. It won, won GQ sneaker of the year. Famously, Rihanna was wearing Solomon's on stage at uh, the Super Bowl this past yeah. year. I mean, just talk about you know how important is that to the business at this point? Important <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> um, I, you know, I think um, one of the things that's interesting to me is like when you look at, I mean, I'll, I'll use sort of an example. Like, I think about my dad going to work 30 years ago, right? Maybe 35 years ago. Like, every single day he wore dress shoes and a suit and a tie. And, um, I, I don't know that I've seen a tie in the convention center. I don't think there's there might be a couple of sport coats. Um, and there are, and granted, this is the run event, there's sneakers, but if you just look at like sneakers and how they've pervaded um culture or what you might call the casualization of culture listen it is a component of the business that we're absolutely going to go after one of the things i'm fascinated by is the silhouettes that really work and are timeless are ones that and and you can look at any of the big brands nike audi puma um, certainly Solomon, their products that at one point were driven by the desire to be the best in class. I mean, look at it, think about a Chuck Taylor. Um, so that to me is really interesting. Um, and we clearly have, um, a couple of silhouettes, an X-T4 and an X-T6, um, that have really resonated. Um, so no, we're, it's certainly an area that we're, um, intent on bringing Solomon to a bigger audience, you know, in the U S Solomon is known by about 2% of the population. Um, what's interesting to me is like, really?
0: The, yeah. What a huge opportunity.
1: Exactly. Yeah. The, the equity that the Solomon brand has though is very real. And yeah. so for me, it's about, Hey, how do we, those that are knowledgeable share this affinity that we have for this amazing brand.
0: Final couple of questions here. Then obviously we are here at TRE you're sort of brand new in the role. I mean, what are your priorities over the next couple of days and where can people, uh, maybe find you out on the floor? (laughs)
1: Um, I'll be at the Solomon booth for sure. Um, yeah, I've been, I'm learning, um, you know, every day I'm like, there's a lot more, I don't know. Um, that's becoming clearer, but no, the, I think for, for me, it's really just trying to understand really clearly, um, what are the strengths of the brand? And then, Maybe more importantly, like, hey, where the areas that we really need to dig into, um, and it, it could be everything from uh, how it is that we like interact and work with uh, retailers to ultimately present the brand. Um, you know, I, I think of you know retailers or wholesale partners as access points. They're places where a consumer, an individual that's passionate about any number of different things, can experience a brand. So we have to make sure that we're providing the best expression of Solomon in each of those environments. Um, so yeah, I think. Just that's one piece. Um, and then yeah, really just spending time with uh, the product team that's here from France, hearing what they're thinking about, what the insights are that they're garnering, certainly feeding them some of uh, the things that I've learned over the years and, and making sure that as we think about the marketplace here, obviously we're selling in fall 24 today. Um, you know. Sp- 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 Spring twenty five, trying to get my seasons right, is not all that far away. You know, product development is like well along, uh, well into development. So yeah, just making sure that we're going to serve consumers uh, with the product they need.
0: You brought a, a product here with us. What do you want to tell us about this? We've got a rabid audience of gearheads here that are trail oriented. So what did what'd you bring?
1: So we obviously have uh, Genesis S Pros out in the market today, um, and we bring this Genesis version here on two one, so February first, um, so about two months out. So um, really taking some of the key cues and learnings that we have from that Genesis um, S Lab, the Pro version. Um, so one of the things that we know is as people run, um, your movement. Pick it patterns. up for so, yeah. the camera. Yeah. As as you move through um, the biomechanical components or your your movement patterns, you definitely uh, change. You become more tired, and support comes from uh, medial and lateral posts or building in the piece. One of the things that I love is Matrix is an incredible material, hydrophobic, really comfortable, wears incredibly well, incredibly durable. Um, And yeah, it's just a shoe that was originally actually built for athletes in sort of the heart of COVID to be able to go and do like FKT projects um, that has become adopted across the board. Um, Courtney ran all three races in uh, in this shoe. So So that's the
0: new version of the shoe that Courtney was wearing last year. Yeah, so
1: this is actually a slightly um, more accessible from a price point standpoint. A couple different um, components in terms of like how the is built. Get into the marketplace at 160 bucks, a little bit more accessible price-wise as well.
0: Sweet. Well, if it's good enough for Courtney, it's good enough for anybody. Certainly for me. Steve Dillon, thanks for coming on the show. Good luck settling into the new role.
1: Thank you so much. Great to be here with y'all.
0: This episode is brought to you by Gnarly Nutrition and the Orange Drink, the collaborative drink mix between Free Trail and our good friends at Gnarly. The Orange Drink is a new formula of Gnarly's flagship drink mix, the Fuel 20. Loaded with everything you need to keep you well-fueled and well-hydrated, the Orange Drink comes with an increased sodium concentration. You know me self-proclaimed electrolyte evangelist. This Fuel 2.0 formula is my perfect trail elixir. The delicious salted orange flavor is both sweet and salty, the perfect combination to prevent taste fatigue and keep your appetite high no matter how long you're running. The biggest bonus, Free Trail signpost logo and my big goofy face are both printed on the packaging, one of the coolest examples of true collaboration in my entire career. Visit gonarly.com, use code FREETRAL15 on the orange drink or any of their other incredible products, BCAAs, performance greens, protein powders, collagen, creatine, they make it all and I use it all. So go check it out, gonarly.com, use code FREETRAL15. This episode is brought to you by Ketone IQ. I am not joking when I say Ketone IQ has changed the Bowman household for the better. My wife, Harmony and I started testing this product earlier in 2023, and it has become a subject of almost daily conversation. The thing that is amazing is how helpful it is across both sport and especially lifestyle applications. I take a shot before all my workouts and long runs and definitely feel a deeper level of endurance energy and especially mental focus though i have nothing but my own subjective experience to back this up i have a hypothesis that it actually makes me a little bit mentally tougher which i absolutely need right now similarly ketone iq has really helped me to cut back on my caffeine intake while increasing focus and clarity during my long work days it's like you got the mental energy of coffee without the inevitable Come down or caffeine crash. Ketone IQ has been a legitimate game changer. We couldn't recommend it enough. Visit hvmn.com forward slash free trail 30 to get 30% off your first subscription. hvmn.com forward slash free trail 30. We're back. Our final interview of a three-day ultra
2: marathon. Your voice is testing. still here. You My sound voice good. Is still here. You were yep. just
0: saying we should have had frosty, cold ones to celebrate. A Next time, long couple of days, <laughs> but man, it's been so fun here, and really glad that you would come and join us, Ryan Hitzel, the founder of Rourke no longer the CEO. I understand. We'll get to that here in just a second. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Maybe first, just because one of the points of us doing this show, and it's admittedly a bit of an experiment for us, is to try and add some color and context to the people behind the brand. So maybe first just introduce yourself and and how you came to work on this project that I know has been your brainchild for a number of years.
2: Right on. Yeah. Well, how how long do you want? You want like the 20 minute version? Yeah, no, just, you know,
0: (laughs) give give us the 60 to 120 seconds. Yeah, totally. So,
2: you know, I worked, um, for a long time doing creative stuff, um, mostly creative direction, art direction, brand work, um, I've been traveling a ton too since, you know, I'd say like my early teens initially chasing waves and surfing around the world and snowboarding and so for forever I was traveling around and as a creative person trying to bring back stories, um, take photos, um, do art, whatever I could to kind of express my experience as I traveled around the world doing the things that I loved um at some point pretty early on i i discovered that i really enjoyed getting there almost more than actually doing the thing mm-hmm. um which you know maybe somewhat common but a, a lot of times you don't hear those stories you only hear the stories of, of you know about the run or about um you know pulling into big barrels in tahiti or whatever it might be but there's so much richness that um you find along the way if you know where to look so um i guess at, at you know at some point i I kind of got bored with what I was doing at, in advertising. Um, I love traveling. I love telling stories. It's a big gap in the market, both in the action sports industry and the outdoor industry for storytelling, authentic storytelling, um, really about the journey. Um, and I saw a gap in the apparel that they were making from a lifestyle and a technical point of view. Um, so I thought with Rourke, it could be fun to try and like interweave storytelling with product making. Build product that me and my friends would want to pack for trips, whether it was you know riding motorcycles in the Himalayas or going on a boat trip to Java. Um, I felt like there wasn't really anybody speaking to us, mm-hmm. making the kinds of clothes that that we liked. And this was at a time this was around 2010, where I think both the outdoor industry and the action sports industry had gotten really big, mm-hmm. and you know a lot of IPOs and and um, it just got kind of boring. Mm. So that was sort of my rationale, um, yeah. as a life choice to do something, get back to something that I was really passionate about after being in advertising for 15, 20 years. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's how. I'm so give us your
0: personal story with running because the brand comes into the running category from a very non-traditional
2: yeah. posture. Yeah, right? totally. So, you know, I think, you know, I was always an athlete and I, I surfed, but I, you know, I played sport and played club soccer and, always pretty, pretty quick. Um, so I ran here and there with that, um, earlier in life. And as I got older, I felt like I was sort of using running as, as a way to run away from problems and breakups. And, you know, I'd have these little phases, um, you know, where I'd, I'd really get into my relationship with running and it was a positive one, um, to work stuff out. Yeah. Um, and then honestly, I, uh, I started going to, when I started Rourke, I, I started going to Hong Kong a lot, to you know, we were producing product over there and, our designer at the time was a runner and we'd always arrive, you know, this is talk, I'm talking like three times a year, like at six in the morning, you couldn't check into the hotel. And so he would always be like, yo, let's bring your shoes. We're going to run. And so I'd bring my shoes. Um, we'd run from, you know, six thirty to eight and just run around the city. Um, it was such a radical process as someone, a, that was just had, you know, had jet lag yeah. <laughs> and, and wanted to ground themselves. But, like, what a rad way to experience a city or a trail system or just new places, right? Because you, <clears throat> you get to smell everything. You get to see everything. You got to wait for traffic. You try to find shortcuts. You learn the grid. Um, so it was always such a, you know, I started doing it in Hong Kong. And then, mm-hmm. you know, lo and behold, every trip I went on, I just sneak my shoes in, which is rad because surfing and, and other sports, you got you to gotta pay money. You got to wait for swell, the wind, the tide, running. You can do it at any moment uh, for free. Anywhere you are in the world, so it kind of became this rad sort of tool that I used as I traveled to sort of ground myself and then see just straight up see places. So, but then how did
0: you? How did the light bulb moment occur to you to think, well, Rourke should be a player in this space?
2: Yeah. Um, So I don't know how much you guys know about Rourke, but we've always gone on two big trips a year. These big trips inspired. um, What kind of you know inspired by the place, obviously, and the culture and the people and our experience there, but also the type of gear that you might need to go to this this place and what you'd pack in your bag. Um, so we were on a trip uh, to Scotland on the Isle of Skye. We were on a motorcycle sort of tour of the island. A lot of weather, a lot of whiskey. Um, and had a typical, you know, and we're shooting photos and we're telling is stories. Is this kind of
0: trip oriented around surf?
2: Or um, is it just
0: a, a Not travel? always.
2: Yeah. yeah um, you know, Scotland, we surf, we climbed, um, we rode motorcycles. It kind of, you know, there's definitely like a spectrum of, of sport Activity, activities yeah. that... We're focused on, um, not always surf, we've done trips to uh, Montana, we've done trips to Nepal. Yeah. Um, but I think in the last like five to six, seven years, definitely try and include a surf element. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were in Scotland, I think everybody was hungover after drinking whiskey <laughs> on the Isle of Sky. And I woke up as I did, and I'm you know, trying to run three days a week even on trips, and put on my shoes, it's raining, I, I think I get four or five miles out, not looking at any maps or phones or anything. Um, wander down this little trail system, goat pass basically on the Isle of Skye. I'm just soaking wet. I'm like, I'm like high right from, from this rad run I'm on. And, and you know, Isle of Skye is a beautiful place. Yeah. Right. So that helped. And I looked around and there was just sheep everywhere, like literally like a flock of sheep. <laughs> and in Scotland, they paint them um, with some sort of like organic spray paint, um, like fluorescent colors yeah. to mark whose sheep they are. And in this this pasture, all these sheep had gathered all these different colors. They were all bleeding the color because it was raining. So they, they looked like I was like on acid or something. Yeah. I like was looking around like, oh my God, like what is happening around me? There's like technicolor sheep running around um, and just had this really visceral experience. And I sort of, you know, again, like completely open-minded at that moment. Um, high off my run. I've got all these weird visuals happening. And I looked at myself and I'm like, why aren't, we doing this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've got like a cotton Rourke shirt on. I got some like, I don't know, like seven inch, eight inch Nike running shorts on that are black or whatever. And and my, my running shoes. And I'm like, God, we could do better. Yeah, I know we can do better than this. And I know obviously in, in the run industry, there's there's not a shortage of great product, yeah. technical product. But in this moment, on this sort of Rourke experience, I thought, God, I think other people would enjoy this. They would, they would enjoy hearing about it. They would enjoy it if we could inspire them to go places, put on their shoes, run, discover new things. Um, and so from a brand point of view and a marketing point of view, as storytellers, I felt like there was a compelling story that was missing yeah. possibly in running. And I thought, God, there might actually be a product segment missing. Yeah. Um, again, not on like a technical side, but on a storytelling side, on on maybe like a style side, maybe... Even, you know, running gear that was made for someone a little younger, Yeah, you know, it's like a new generation of runners. So, and at that point I was sort of like, at the beginning, I'd say a more committed run, run journey. This is yeah. about five years ago where I was, you know, consistently running. It wasn't just away from problems like when I was a kid. <laughs> sure. It was something that I really committed to and it made my life better. And, but I wasn't super educated on the industry. Yeah, So I came back and me and uh, actually a different designer started working on some shorts, didn't tell anybody. Started building some product and um, came up with the idea for, for Run Amok. Run amok. Yeah. All right, we're going to come back to that. But
0: first, I feel like let's talk about the big news this week. Mm-hmm. It was announced. I saw the press release. I was like, wow, that feels like a yeah. big and, and kind of exciting it's moment for exciting. you. So yeah. fill the listeners in what I'm, ta- what totally, I'm talking about totally, here. Totally, totally,
2: yeah. So I've been doing this for, God, about 12 years. My wife probably would say 13, yeah. 14, <laughs> since about 2011. Yeah. Um, and I've sort of, you know, obviously as a founder, I've been this figurehead and leader. And, you know, like I said before, I'm, I'm more trained as like a brand builder, mm-hmm. probably. Um, and I've enjoyed the process, but I've been this like fake CEO, yeah. right? Like just inherently, um, you know, running the company, doing my best. And um, I had an opportunity to kind of restructure a little bit. And someone that I was very close with that um, was actually on our board um, I started talking to him about it, and um, yeah, so I hired him to run the business as CEO. And I'm not taking a step back or anything. I'm definitely taking a step in uh, to focus on you know everything that I'm most passionate about: building the brand, the marketing, the creative, the product design, probably the stuff I'm better at, to be mm-hmm. honest. So uh, I look at it, somebody asked me today, I heard you took a step back or, yeah. or you're stepping out. And I'm like, no, dude, like nah, it's it's the opposite. It's a refocus. Yeah. I'm just going to, you know, I'd, I'd love. I'm Is a, there
0: a feeling of, I don't know, relief in this move? Because, uh, <laughs> you know, I just feeling, we've had a couple of founders here yeah. and we've talked about the entrepreneurial journey with yeah. a few people this week and obviously it's, very hard. And after being in that battle for 12 years plus, yeah, yeah. is there sort of a, a visceral release of tension, understanding that you're going to have a little bit more support and you can refocus in different areas?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't get into this and I think all entrepreneurs are different, but for me, I did not get into this to like be a CEO of a mm-hmm. company. I got into it to be a leader for sure. I got into it to make things that inspire people to tell stories, um, I just like making stuff. So at, at no point did I get into this to be a CEO. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, And I think you talk to a lot of founders, and it's, it's usually not really about that. And there's certainly founders and entrepreneurs out there that end up you know, being a CEO and leading the company in that way for yeah. the life of the business. Um, and maybe it's something that I, I could have or should have or would have done, but I just had an opportunity to present itself, and um, it just stoked me because it was someone I was on the same page with that I trusted to help with the business. Um, and kind of like a partnership that was just like a no brainer. Yeah. So I'm starting to feel the relief. It's still, it's, it's pretty fresh. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm super excited about it. It's going to be awesome. So cool. It, it's actually literally going to allow me to like get back into that pasture and do yeah. those things, which I, you know, I, I sort of took a, a step back from in the last two, three, four years. Cause the, you know, I had to run the company.
0: Right. So. Let's talk about culture a little bit with our business. Free trail. We use the sort of tagline hashtag trail culture. Like everything that we do is rooted in trail culture. And just like looking at your website, you it says like gear that's made for like climbing and surfing and Mm -hmm. skating and running. Mm -hmm. And we've always with our business made the argument that like running is like surf and skate, Uh, sorry, trail running is more like surf and skate and climbing than it is like road running, right? Because it's a culture thing, it's an identity. It's a pseudo religion in some cases.
2: almost a subculture in itself, right? Uh, In running.
0: Is that part of what made you want to move into the space? And if there's anything you want to say about like how you're approaching the trail category versus the road category?
2: Absolutely. So for me, it was all about who I wanted to sit next to at the campfire. So like what makes a great dinner party or a great campfire setting, right? Mm -hmm. For me, it's a bunch of different people obviously to have similar cultural connections, taste in music, taste in art, taste on experience and travel, um, fashion, et cetera. I think there's so many activities from surfing to climbing to riding motorcycles to snowboarding to skating to to running in general, trail running obviously as well, but there's so much connection between us as people based on our interests outside of the sport or the activity. Um, And in the case of all of those, identities or 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 sort of activities there wasn't a lot connecting them obviously you saw but you know surfing skateboarding snowboarding there was there's been a connection in action sports brands that have done that but yep. you know less brands that are surfing and climbing um, less brands probably well maybe Patagonia would be the only brand I really see that supports surfing something like climbing and trail running right <clears throat> and and they're amazing at what they do um, but I felt like for us, like that conversation at the campfire is a really interesting one, and um, it wasn't being serviced. That, that full connection, that 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 circle between those activities, and people that I knew and that I've traveled with that are good friends of mine, were like the same people. We just do different things.
0: Yeah. So we were just talking about how we have a bunch of mutual friends, including Russell Nadal. I talked to him yesterday, and he said, "Oh, you got to ask Ryan about the PCT." What's the no, yeah, significance yeah, yeah. of the PCT for you? Oh,
2: man. Um, so I think this is sort of at the heart of, of your question in a lot of ways. So I have a friend that has some, like, a little bit of like a couple acres up there, no house or anything. It's right on the, the South Fork of the Kern, mm-hmm. which happens to be about, God, maybe a mile or less away from the general store. So Kennedy Meadows is on the PCT. It's, um, I, I don't know the mileage between there and Tehachapi, but it's a pretty gnarly run. Or, Sorry. <laughs> Hike, <laughs> walk. Um, I want to say it's like six or eight days. It's one Power of the, hike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and and it's sort of the gateway yeah. um, to the Sierras and sort of like a harder part of this this adventure if you're on the PCT. Um, so I'd love like and I you know usually up there fly fishing a little bit and got family and stuff, but I always try and sneak off and jump on my, my motorcycle and ride up there and have like one beer. Like, full, maybe 25 minutes. So, no one even knew I was gone. And I love to just sit there and listen to all the through hikers and the stories and what they were experiencing. And they always looked at me and they're like, Oh, are you local? And they're like, No. You got, a, you got another <laughs> But ear? I got an ear, you know. And, and so many people want to talk about that experience. And, you know, and they're sort of just in the beginning of it at that point. Mm-hmm. But um, there's such a commonality today between, I think, like those. Men, mentally between like that through hiking scene um, and and trail running and the gear that they're wearing, like everybody's wearing like ultralight, basically like trail running shorts. Totally, yeah. And the, the packs have gotten smaller. And I'm talking like from like 25 to like 65, yeah. which is pretty radical. And I think that goes back to kind of A, the gear need, but B, just like a different mentality that's shifting. And I think if you are sitting there, you know, five to 10 years ago, it's a whole different gear kit. Um, everybody's everybody's wearing you know Hoka's and you know trail, trail running, running shoes. Yeah, um, all all brands, obviously. But like you know, ten years ago they were wearing hiking boots, right? Which is doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Can you
0: imagine that? Yeah, twenty five hundred miles and like a big pair of high top hiking boots. Heavy, yeah, right. yeah.
2: It's wild, and product so. has
0: advanced so much.
2: So anyway, I just I look. Like, I think that I'm not sure what Russell's point was and want to talk about it. But for me, like I think I've always just loved. Listening to stories. Yeah. And, and it's all been cool in the last year um, or two. I've seen a bunch of Rourke on the trail too. Yeah. In the Thru so the that's trail. what uh,
0: I was going to say that too. Let's talk about like the artistic element of things. You said that you sort of come from more of a creative background. And I think one of the things that people notice with Rourke product is it feels like art is integrated into most of the pieces. How do you guys curate and arrive on the art and graphics that you use on
2: yeah. the pieces? Um so between the main line of men's and women's that we do and run uh run amok, it's the same process. Um they're very connected in the process standpoint. So um like I said before, we we do these these trips and generally we try and find inspiration in the places that we go. We try and work with local designers. Um less in run when it comes to like manufacturing, because it's a little more technical, but the main line will work with local manufacturers too, if we can, to mm-hmm. make, make garments and give back on top of that. Um, but for me, it was always, you know, I don't know that it's going to be an everyday wear, but I think for, for men and women, you know, I've had to remember that we actually make clothes, right? Like we're putting clothes on people to make them feel good about themselves, hopefully, and, and maybe do the things that they want to do in the case of run Amok, Um and, and, and the main line. So. A lot of times when we think about creativity and and expression, uh, a lot of that's about you know doing graphics and and creating conversations. So that if you're wearing something, you know most days, like look at me and you, we're not. I'm wearing a black shirt, black, yeah. and black pants, and a, a tan jacket. You're wearing gray and black. Yeah. So you don't want to wear that kind of stuff every day, but it does feel good every once in a while to walk around and have somebody ask you like what you're wearing and why yeah. and what's going on with it and that's a really cool graphic story. What does it mean? Um, and that always stokes me when when, oh. when someone comes up and asks me. So,
0: but it also makes it so like you can identify the Rourke product that I see on the trail at least. Yeah, absolutely, and, 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 and the it's one, distinctive.
2: The one, I said this one thing like right when we started Run Amuck, and it's funny. Everybody, um, our, our sales manager Luke, was um, expressed it to a, a retailer today. In that moment in Scotland, I think when I came back and I was trying to like talk to our marketing guy about it, who was not a runner, mountain biker, but oh. um, was not a runner. And he's like, "Well, what, what? How is it different?" And I'm like, "Shit, man! I'm like, I just want to make like gear that listens to the same records I do. <laughs> like, <laughs> that we can that can relate to the, the the graphic story is like on point and on trend or ahead of trend, um, and and is is you know the subject matter and the storytelling is something that I identify with, like uh-huh. like I would music. So I think that line sort of like made its way into um, you know, a lot of times the way we talk about Run Amok specifically, actually. Mm-hmm.
0: So How do you guys use media and original storytelling and the whole brand and product arc? Because it feels like you guys do that very intentionally too. I'm thinking specifically about what you did around the, uh, the, what is it called? The Speed Project between mm. LA and Las Vegas and, yeah. and the film that was produced with that. Like, what's the, the media component of the business and how does it move the needle for product?
2: Yeah, so, you know, at the heart of our sort of value system and, and the things that, that make us sort of click is storytelling mm. um, and trying to tell stories that inspire people to d- discover new places, new things, new cultures, but also hopefully something about themselves. So, the duality of the word discovery is really important to us as travelers, mm. especially. Um, so, with the speed project, you know, full suffer fest, like, you know, and I, I ran segments of it and paced, but I, I love driving. Driving is like potentially harder because you have to stay awake the whole time. <laughs> Runners get to sleep and stuff. So, um, for us, it looked it, it, it. we wanted to do it initially not for the competition in, in any way, shape, or form, but just get out there with a group of friends. Um, Travis got to do it. Travis Weller, who yep. I know you know, got to do it the last time. Um, but we got a group of people, not the fastest people, but people that we loved and then identified with that we would, you know, sit around the campfire with. And so that was the most important thing f- for me is how can we get together people that we could tell a story about mm-hmm. and then put them in a situation over, you know, I can't remember what we did it in, maybe was it 43 hours, 42 hours. Um, we a- we actually have ended up placing pretty good. I think we got seventh or eighth um, uh, this last year, but it just felt like a really like a platform and a stage to where we could tell a story yeah. about this this adventure um, from the standpoint of me driving um, to Luke Jay who was you know navigating and, and Nash who's our our marketing guy internally who you know was sort of like the team lead here um, and helped us navigate the whole thing to the runners that were going through it themselves um, and so I you know I guess selfishly I just thought as a, a way to tell a really cool story. About an event that's badass and that doesn't look for a lot of fanfare, sort of does it on their own, is independent-minded, sort of like we are, um, and doing things in an unorthodox way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I looked at it as like an opportunity to tell that story and tell the story of all the people that were on the the journey.
0: Sweet. So let's talk more specifically about product. We've done a lot about the brand, your personal journey, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people in the audience who are just interested to hear, you know, the more practical stuff and we're here at TRE. I'm sure you're showing some things off. So maybe before we get to what's coming down the pipeline, you just mentioned Travis Weller, another mutual friend of ours. And then, you know, I've obviously seen and, and noticed and used some of the, the Black Sabbath product that you've yeah, got yeah. in the Runamuck line now yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. So anything you want to say about, you know, that c- collaboration with Travis, mm-hmm. Black Sabbath, the, the existing products that are available now before we talk about what's to come?
2: Yeah, sure. So Rourke as a brand hasn't done a ton of collabs. Um, Definitely some, but it hasn't been something that's been like a priority. When it came to the run thing, it felt like it was an opportunity to actually be a little more free with that and maybe work with some bands, work with more, you know, different types of artists. Uh, So we first did this little Motorhead collab and um, that led to the Black Sabbath one, which again, it's like, what's the music that we like? Um, Is there an opportunity to... To, to work with um, an archive of art that's significant, too. And I think both of those bands have a really cool archive, obviously, of records, but mm-hmm. of artwork that they've used uh, creatively. So it, starts, it started there. Um, I was always a fan of Travis's uh, work. He showed up. He, we do this, this little run, and I'm from Laguna Beach, so we do this, this trail run um, on the 4th of July, so it's sort of like a pain before gain kind of idea. And he just like showed up from San Francisco, He's like, hey, I'm Travis Weller. And I just drove here from San Francisco in a minivan. And I'm like, right on, Travis Weller. And I'm like, are you the guy that just did that North Face thing? Like, that? are you no. an artist? He's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, epic. So we ran. He won. Crushed it. And, you know, he, this is a friend, it's just a friendly race. Yeah, right? sure. It's probably 30 people, 35 people. Um, and it just started, a, again, like this organic conversation that was probably serendipitous. Like, wasn't... Planned. We didn't reach out to him. He just showed up. Um, and so, yeah, he created a beautiful series of art that we put on product. And um, since then, we've worked on some other concepts um, together. Uh, we did a trip to Sardinia. That uh, was two months ago. And Travis really came up with the whole concept of sort of this it, this, this search for fountain of youth it's a blue zone wow so but we you know so that was sort of the idea and then he he spun it into like following the stream and this this like time bandit like all these like trippy concepts that got to the the kind of cliche of the fountain of youth um, in interesting ways and so those guys ran across sardinia um, rio lakeshore and travis and nash it was a hundred miles over four days and they just stayed in small towns and a little bit of planning, but, like, a lot of improv. <laughs> staying at farm... They end up staying at some farmhouses, with people they met along the way, like, at a bar, stopping yeah. for a beer. So, just worked out perfectly. So, yeah, we worked with him a bunch. Um, they have a really cool one with Basquiat coming out. Sweet. The artist. Yeah, anything
0: you have coming down the line that you're showing here at TR Year that our yeah. viewers and listeners should keep their eye out for?
2: Yeah, Basquiat um, comes out this spring, so we weren't showing it at this show, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to think yeah the, the collection that we showed here um, was it, it's really cool there's a couple different themes um with that trip uh what, what's really fun that we kind of like peppered in we're not showing it with um this collection but we, we finally launched like a cold weather program so funny enough russell yep. lives in upstate new york is always like you guys are just too southern Californian, like <laughs> You know that people don't run in in shorts and t-shirts all year round, right? Yep. And I'm like, well, no, we kind of do. You know, there's some cold, there's some cold mornings in Laguna. I wear a long sleeve. Yeah, yeah, I'll throw on some tights here and there, but um, it hadn't, you know, up to this point, we hadn't been able to do like a truly like a four season business with run. Yeah, we have four seasons, but we weren't catering to anybody that lives in the cold in the yep. mountains, and we we're a pretty strong brand in cold places mm-hmm. historically. So yeah, we just worked on a a cold weather collection. So we were showing that around a little bit to get some feedback and some tights and some merino wool, some really versatile kind of tops, hooded tops. Yeah. um, Working with lab techs and some really interesting fabrics.
0: Yeah. All right, so let's start winding down because I want to be sensitive of your time. But before we started recording, we were talking about, you know, there's obviously some challenges moving into this category and being a brand that is different and coming from to market from a different angle than a lot of brands. It probably takes some education, some relationship building with the retailers. Any challenges you want to share there or things that you've experienced here at TRE that make you feel like you're making progress?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was really intentional for us to, you know, lead with trail running. So, we are an outdoor brand. Um, you know, we do things in the street too, but You know, primarily when we talk about ourselves and and our ethos, we're we're an adventure lifestyle brand. Everything we do is in the outdoors. Um, It's what we appreciate, and um, so for us, that was sort of obvious. Like this was needed to be sort of a trail running effort, which is a very small segment of running in the run world. Right? It's niche. You look at a run, uh, like a shoe wall, depending on where you're at, but like in most normal places, it's like a tenth of the shoes are trail running shoes. Right? So that gives you a sense of like. How many people road run? How many trail run? So um, that was a super easy decision. That really, we were a should be a a company that makes running gear for the outdoor enthusiasts. That was number one. Now, obviously, you can wear everything we make and run on the street, of course. Um, as far as the shops, it's like it's been interesting. But we were talking about last night um, a bunch at dinner with with a couple retailers. And I view the core run shop as a surf shop or a skate shop. This is where we worship the culture and the sport or the activity. This is where it all goes down. I grew up working a surf shop. That surf shop actually sold snowboards and, and, and skateboards and everything, but it was really a surf shop. But they're all the same. The, the, the core of these especially more niche activities, um, they are like the epicenter of culture, and it, it is sort of our church. And so as a way we like support and the way we talk to our retailers obviously there's a wide spectrum um, and they you know you do need to talk to them differently depending on what their business looks like but at the end of the day they're just like a surf shop yeah <laughs> they need to be serviced the same way with care with authenticity um, the employees need to be treated the same way right yeah. inspired and and touched and um, anyway, we're we're big believers in, in the core when it comes to action sports, and I think outdoors the exact same way. And to me, for the most part, running is the exact same sort of cultural phenomenon. Like that's where the stories go down. Um, that's where you talk about you know the upcoming race, what you're training for. Um, it, you know, in, in in some cases, what you know where you're going to go and travel. I don't think there's a lot of travel runners, but I do think there's a lot of. It's getting big. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just throw your shoes in. It's so easy. You run anywhere. It's the best. I've run in the weirdest places, yeah. in some scary places. But like, it's so easy to do. So, I don't know. I mean, there's definitely learnings. Like, it's, um, you know, I'm very conscious that that we're not sort of an endemic running brand, mm-hmm. and that's very obvious at a show like, you know, TRE here. Yeah. Um, but it's also a good thing. You know, makes very, you stand out. Totally. Again. It's like yeah. you see people just like walk by the booth, and we have like trippy graphics and some concepts that we try and show visually and in the in the gear looks different on the wall' with what we're previewing and so I, I like that I think it I actually think it's good for the industry as long as we can remain authentic and committed to the community yeah. um, which we've tried to do our best at and and a lot of that's like working with these all these guys we're talking about today like yeah. and, and these these guys are you know they're runners for sure yeah but culturally they're we're all into the same stuff yeah and um so
0: do you know Brett Rivers from yep. the North Face? He founded San Francisco Running Company and yep. 10 years ago, 12 years ago, something like that. We were sort of part of the initial, uh, inaugural class, freshman class of the first, you know, founding moment of San Francisco Running Company and his, I think, you know, motivation, his epiphany was that he wanted to create a run shop that was a you know, a surf shop more or less. Right. That yeah. represented the culture and the spirit of the sport yeah. and he was really successful in doing that. And even though you guys aren't endemic quote unquote, yeah. I think Rourke very much fits in the trail culture.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, we're, we're down to earn it. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to come into this and like take over or tell people how it is. I just want to talk to our people. And, yeah. I, and I think there's a lot of us out there that, so that identify and, um, and hopefully, just like we've tried to do in action sports and the outdoor industry, is just like reinvigorate it at the end yeah. of the day. And if that pushes the bigger brands to make better things and, and, and sort of refocus some of their attention on the core, then that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, and anyway, we try and be humble. I'm not saying we're influencing sure anybody yeah. at this point, but like at the end of the day, that's our goal. Um, we know our place, and, and we know that um, because we're, we are surfers and skateboarders, that. that being authentic and committed is like, that's, that's, that's the, the thing. That's it. That's yeah. the foundation. And if you can't be that, then just beat it, you know, go, get out of here. So
0: sweet. Well, Ryan, it's a pleasure to chat with you, man. Like I said, I've been really looking forward to this one. I really appreciate everything you guys do. We've had the pleasure to work with your team at Rourke through Free Trail and appreciate you making the time for no us. No worries.
2: I, I really appreciate you thinking of us. Yeah. Thinking of me.
0: I can. Best of TRE, episode number two. Hope you enjoyed the show. Big thanks to Steve and Ryan for joining and sharing their stories with us all. Again, Free Trail Pro members, let me know what you thought of the format. Hope you enjoyed it, but please do drop your feedback in Slack. We'll probably drop one or two more of these best of podcasts over the next day or two if you guys are digging it a big thank you to our sponsors of course speedland run speedland.com use code free trail 10 for 10% off your great footwear gnarly nutrition go gnarly.com use code free trail 15 for 15% off the great nutrition products and ketone IQ HVMN.com forward slash free trail 30 for 30% off your first subscription. And then of course, finally, Boa Technologies, visit boafit.com to check out the best fit system on the planet. Big thank you to Boa for supporting our broadcast there in Austin last week. Big appreciation to each and every one of you. Also, I never get sick of doing my job. And I just am so honored you would sit through it and listen. Love you dearly. Talk soon. Bye.